the optimal life. Luke Gnosis. Luke Welcome Gnosis. to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for being here. Uh, so how does somebody get into hypnotherapy? How does someone become a hypnotist? Yeah, typically people would get involved in any type of therapy. And I don't really like the word therapy because it um, assumes someone's fucked up. Now, I've been doing this for about 25 years and I've met and I've worked with every type of person from the high paying celebrity client to the person who's down on their luck and they're homeless shooting heroin in the alley. But I don't look at anyone as being fucked up or broken or needing therapy. So I call myself a change worker. It's just a little bit more of a positive slant on what I do. Um, but, but kind of how, how most people get into the change work, whether that be counsellor, psychotherapist, life coach, hypnotist, shaman, in my experience, is um, it's not like one day they're like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to study IT or I'm going to study engineering or I'm going to study economics. No, we, most of us, we all have tough lives, but I, I find that people that get into this field, including myself, had a whole bunch of shit that happened. And like, hmm, okay, better learn how to figure this out for myself. And then we learn how to figure it out for ourselves. Like, hey, maybe other people can benefit from from um, kind of hacking through all the bullshit that I had to get through to kind of get their freedom and end their suffering and have an amazing life in a lot less time than it took me. Mm. That's the short end of the story, Nate. Right. There, there's no there's no course. There's no education course or certification course where you'd say, hey, I'm going to become a hypnotist. When I think of oh, a hypnotist, Luke, yeah. when I think no, of no, a sorry, sorry, there, there is there is there's a shitload of certification programs. At last count, I think I had 42 certifications. So absolutely like anything in the world, you can go to school for it. I've done that. Um, but as in, why did I get into it? I just had a whole bunch of shit that happened. I wasn't happy with it. I'm like, better kind of sort this stuff out for myself. Then I spent 25 years spending way too much money learning from people way smarter than me on how they got results with people that had various addictions, whether they be chemical, emotional or, or mental. Why 42 certifications? What was unique about each one? Um. I'm obsessed with being more elegant and doing things faster and more rapidly because people, when they tend to give me a call, I'm not their first call. I'm right at the bottom. I'm, I'm used, they've usually tried witch doctor before they come and see me. <laughs> so I get people that are very fucking disenfranchised, counselor, psychotherapist, life coach, shamanistic healer, other hypnotists. Then I get them. They're like, Luke, I fucking tried everything here. Nothing's working. Now we got our works out. But but for me, uh, one thing that keeps me in the game and one thing that keeps me motivated is I need to consistently learn and I, I need to consistently get better. I'm obsessed with being better. So as soon as I find somebody that's really good at doing some form of healing, um, I'll, I'll go and steal from them. I mean, I'll pay them vast sums of money to learn their particular skills. If they're doing it faster than I've been doing up to this point, then I need to learn from them, much like you'll pick up your cell phone. And every couple of months, this is an Apple, but I'm sure um, uh, Google phones have got the equivalent. You update your iOS. And the iOS, the interface, when you got your iPhone 1, I don't know, 15 years ago, iOS 1 was really effective. 
But if you're using iOS 1 for your what your iPhone 13 now, the phone is probably going to cry and smoke's going to come out of it. So you consistently upgrade it so you've got the newest technology. So, mm. yeah, just so I get more technology and, and, and really stay engaged with, with, with the process of um, change work. Sure, sure. Makes sense. When I think of hypnosis, I was wondering why you need 42 certifications. I think of I think of the little timepiece being, you know, right back and forth, rocking in front of your face. Yeah, you, exactly you don't is- you, you, you don't need forty two certifications. Um, oftentimes, I do a lot of ongoing education uh, as a student and and teaching students, and a lot of students or people that get involved in hypnosis, um, they they want to keep learning, which is a beautiful thing. I do as well. Believe it's one of our six human needs is the need to grow. So, but oftentimes they get trapped in the analysis of paralysis. They're like, holy shit, I can't work with this particular subgroup of people until I've done this certification and this certification. And they stay in this vicious cycle of analysis to paralysis. They can talk about hypnosis to their blue in the face and they sound very, very intelligent. But you ask them to go into a street and hypnotize people cold in the street. People are like, oh, you're a hypnotist. Oh, all right, do some hypnosis in me now. They shit themselves and they freeze. So you could go and do hypnosis immediately once you learn. However, if you're a soldier that's coming back from a war-torn zone like Afghanistan or ever we're at war now, the Ukraine, Russia, and you go and you work with a hypnotist that's had one weekend certification, and you're suicidal and you've got tremendous post-traumatic stress disorder to the fact that if you're walking around downtown Toronto where I live and you hear a car backfire, your mind knows it's a car backfiring. Your body thinks, holy shit, somebody's shooting bullets at me. And these alpha males that I work with, these six foot six, 300 pound hulking guys that we met them on the street with shit ourselves. They go into the fetal position on Young Street in Toronto, and they rock. Now, perhaps if you're one of those guys, you don't want to go to someone that's only studied this shit for two weeks. Maybe you want to go with someone that's got a proven record that's worked with people like you and helped them to end the suffering. What exactly is hypnosis? How do you define it? Hypnosis, lots of different definitions. My definition is really, in an unpretentious way, it's harnessing your imagination and using your imagination so your imagination doesn't use you. An example of this is I work with a lot of people that suffer from anxiety. And really what anxiety is when you boil it down is their imagination is using them because anxiety is always for something that hasn't happened yet. It could happen, but it hasn't happened. What happens when I go on that date tomorrow and that girl don't like me? What happens next week when I give that business talk? What happens if I fall in my face? Oh, this jujitsu contest I've got coming up. What if I get choked out by a white belt? Oh, it's going to be so humiliating. They feel it now, but it's for something that may or may not happen in the future. Now, people, so their imagination has essentially started to control their conscious mind, but it's going down the wrong road and it's really ineffective. So everyone's hypnotized. When people go into anxiety or depression, it's a form of hypnosis. I call it 
shitnosis. So really what I do is I make that backwards compatible. So instead of someone's um, imagination using them, I teach people how to use their imagination unconsciously so they start to be going the right road road, and start to create the kind of life, implement the kind of strategies, add the emotional resilience inside that gets them more of what they want and less of what they don't want. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. But I also think that you mentioned that anxieties are created in our mind on the future. We're sitting around contemplating, anticipating something, an event of some sort or the way someone's going to be. And don't you believe, though, that a lot of those anxieties are from past traumas, are from no, past that, events that's, that that's we're bringing fair. with us? That's fear. That's different. Fear, you can have fear from something that happened last week, last month, last year, event has happened. But pure anxiety, uh, 25 years, I know close to 10,000 clients, every single person I've ever met does anxiety the same way. Now, I don't suggest they're doing this consciously. I don't suggest that on a Thursday afternoon, they're sitting around having coffee and they're going through these steps by step in a logical fashion. But here's how everyone does anxiety. Not fear anxiety i go out to an event that hasn't happened anxiety has never happened even if you're even if you've got an event let's say um I'm, i've got a date coming up tomorrow with a girl and i'm feeling fear for it i might have had a date in the past that i felt fear with a girl but that's different fear is the past the anxiety is for tomorrow so um when it comes to anxiety here's how everyone does it they go out to an event that hasn't happened in in the real world yet may may not happen and unconsciously quicker than i can click my fingers they catastrophize they imagine it going horribly they imagine themselves failing um all those neurochemicals if you can see behind me whether we're on video or not i know you can see it these are the neurochemicals of serotonin dopamine and oxytocin so those get released into the bloodstream they usually get an audio track of saying something shitty like a suggestion, you're not good enough, you're going to fail, you, people are going to laugh at you. They feel the emotion of anxiety, and that all gets locked up in a ball, if you will, of emotion and ickiness. Um, and then they come back to now, and whatever we practice over and over in our head basically starts to become our reality. Uh, an example of this is Tiger Woods. Uh, a golfer. He had a caddy with him from about the age of 10. Mike Tyson from about the age of 12, 13, when he was training with the legendary Customada, had a hypnotist working with him. Michael Jordan, I believe, had a hypnotist working with him. And there's a quote from Michael Jordan, something along the lines of, they asked him, why are you so, so successful? Why are you regarded as perhaps the greatest basketball player of all time? And it's like, for every shot, for every winning game that you've seen me be a part of NBA championships, I practiced that shot 10,000 times in my head. I saw it. I heard it. But most of all, I felt it. So that's kind of a good way of using hypnosis. Anxiety is the opposite of that. I imagine that the event's going to go horrible. I feel horrible. I hear horrible sounds. I make horrible pictures inside my head unconsciously again i'm not suggesting that most people are doing this in a step-by-step -step fashion and then they come back to now and because they've rehearsed it and because they rehearsed that shitty event unconsciously over and over again it's a bit like michael jordan mike tyson tiger woods practicing the winning shot or the winning knockout 
they're more likely to get it as long as obviously they're being, they're doing the actual physical training as well. And the, their body, they've trained themselves to have the experience before they've had their experience. And their unconscious, subconscious, their monkey mind doesn't know the difference between something that's real and something you vividly imagine. An example of this is um, you watch some people watch horror movies, right? And they know they're, they're in a cinema with 100 other people. There's a big screen. They know it's Ben Affleck or whoever the actor is. They know it's not real. They know it's a Hollywood actor. Yet at certain times in that movie, if, if there's a jump cut or if there's a death scene or something horrible happening, they'll have an emotional reaction or jump out. They know it's not real, consciously, logically, but their body is immersed in this environment that feels it to be real. So that's how anxiety works. Mm. Okay, so but the back to the fear and the anxiety because I feel like it's a very blurred line, especially with the way that you say it because it is somewhat. I, I'm still trying to make the distinction between the two. So take yeah. us through that a little bit. Somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, Luke, I let's use your example. I had a horrible experience on the date uh, a, a few months ago, and I've got another date coming up this coming weekend." Exactly. So, so there's two separate problems there. There's a trauma. And when I say the word trauma, it doesn't have to mean it's the end of the world. Someone died. It could just be, hey, you know what? A girl rejected me when I asked for a number. So that's what I mean by trauma. Little big doesn't matter. So they've got some stuff that needs to be cleared up from the last date, some rejection, stuff like that. Separate problem that that needs to be cleared up because that can be brought in to the following date that they've got. The next thing is. Oh, but when I we clear that up, so that's gone. How do you clear it up? How do you clear that, Luke? How do I clear it? Through one of about the 357 techniques that I've got. I will talk directly to someone's unconscious mind and their unconscious mind will talk back to me. And it will either talk back to me by involuntarily taking hold of someone's hand and start moving it involuntarily. They can see it. They can be aware of it. Because oftentimes the hypnosis I do is very active. I get people to open their eyes. I'm engaging people consciously, yet their hand is answering questions that I've set up a yes or a no signal. And I have a conversation with their unconscious, their subconscious mind. Basically what that is, not to use jargon, it's the part of your mind that stores your memories, that emotes, um, that controls the endocrine system, that controls your neurochemicals, that moves the body, that controls digestion. Basically, it's the part of your mind that controls about 99% of your day. I speak directly to that part. And perhaps for most people I encounter, they've never spoken to it before. Never spoken to it before. And I have a conversation, and I'm a big believer in no matter how devastating the current pattern or emotion or holding on to the trauma can be for one of my clients, that there's a reason that the unconscious is holding on to it. Usually it's a way, because the unconscious has, it's very smart, very smart, but it has the emotional intelligence. Sure. It has the emotional intelligence of about a five-year-old. And sure. a five-year-old can get hurt really, really quickly. So my job is to have a chat with it, find out what's going on, find out, and it's usually stuff around uh, wanting to feel safe, um, wanting to feel protective, and it's holding on to it. But it hasn't updated. So I might be working with a 43-year-old man in front of me, right? And he's 43. He's had all these experiences, but he's still reacting in a way that a five-year-old would react to it because that the unconscious mind hasn't got the update 
much like the cell phone. He hasn't clicked update technology. So there's parts of him like his intellect that are really, really smart. But when it comes to dealing with traumas, because nobody probably taught him how to deal with it. He's um he's a five year old. Well, she's. Let me a ask you. Let me ask you because this audience, my audience especially, likes examples and real world examples. So in this example, give us one or two things that you would say to him to allow him to alleviate that fear. You said we got to get rid of the fear first. How, mm. What do you say? Yeah. Um. So I I, I open up and I open up a direct line with me in their unconscious mind. I'd get their unconscious mind. It is one of the ways I would do is to take control of their body, to take control of their hand. Okay. okay and then and you I'll say ask, to them what? Uh, What's something that you could say to them? And that, I'll ask, uh, it's, no, no, it's about, it's about questions that I'm asking the unconscious mind. I don't have a script. There are a lot of hypnotists that will have scripts. There, and there's a script for every problem. There's the anxiety script. There's the dealing with the uh, alcohol addiction script. Dealing with of a toxic relationship. However, if I'm too busy looking at my script, I'm missing you. And everyone's different. Even if this morning I worked with 10 different clients with anxiety, that's 10 different people. So I'm looking at you. I'm looking how you're responding to what I'm saying. I don't mean big movements like this, like body language. I'm looking for micro movements. I'm looking for the words you don't say. I'm looking for the pauses between your questions. I'm looking for that little flicker just underneath the left eye when I say certain words. I'm looking at their respiratory rate. When they were talking about the problem, where were they breathing? Now that we've come out the other end of it, how are they breathing? So I'm, I'm watching all of this. I take a snapshot of when my client comes in and respectfully, I prod them and I want to put them in the problem state. I want to see up their neurology lit up in front of me. If what's someone's a, what's a question? Problem, what's the type of question that you would ask somebody? If I'd ask somebody. In, what's the what's, question you would ask this 43-year-old man that we're talking in this example? What's a question that you'll talk to him about and ask him? Uh, I would ask him um, what the purpose is for what's the positive intention behind the purpose of whatever his problem is. Might be an example. And then does he respond to you? Yeah, he'll respond to me. or Well, he won't respond to me, but the unconscious will. So I perhaps set up involuntary movement on the hand. Like I can lift up my fingers and hands like this all day. This is not hypnosis. However, you can't involuntary, at least I've never been able to do it and not been able to replicate in about 10,000 clients, involuntary muscle. And what I mean by involuntary muscles is I mean twitch. I don't mean movements is twitch. I could look at my hand all day and just say twitch. It probably ain't going to twitch. However, we'll get, I'll start to get certain movements. Then I'll ask his unconscious to set up a specific movement for yes. So if I ask a question and the answer is yes, his unconscious will set up a specific movement. It will be small, but he'll feel it and I'll see it. Right? This is while he's under hypnosis. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I'll, I'll ask specifically, um, he's unconscious to set up a different signal for no. So if I'm asking him questions and the answer is no, a specific way of, of, of me seeing what no is for him. Because we need to keep it very, very simple. Because, again, remember, it's essentially a five-year-old. So asking big questions about quantum mechanics, eh, a five-year-old isn't there yet. But get getting the yes, no to find out where they are. And then really me interviewing their unconscious to find out much like Detective Columbo, if you will, finding those clues 
with certain questions I will ask, and it's different the way that I would do it with different people to find out basically why they're holding on to the trauma response to whatever their problem is, and then negotiating a deal um, where the unconscious feels heard, feels understood, but can let go of the um, the problem, let go of the anxiety. How do you know um, when they're ready to come out of the hypnosis? What I'll just of- ask their own. I'll ask their unconscious mind, uh, when you're ready, when you're when you've installed this program, um, and when you're ready to make all those changes and activate that program then now, then and only then, give full control back to Nate and allow Nate to open his eyes. And I'll just wait for that to happen. And it can happen in five seconds. It might take five minutes, but I just wait for their unconscious to do the work. Because I- I'm not doing the work. I'm much like a trainer. Right, you'd hire a trainer in a gym. You still have to lift all the weights. You still have to follow the nutrition, depending on the kind of health and fitness you want. My job is just to be able to save you years and years of asking around in the gym and wasting time and be able to get there in a far easier, ethical, safe way. How long are people typically under hypnosis for? Is there a standard time? Um, There are studies out there that show that most of us will go into a state of hypnosis about once every 19 minutes. And there are other people that prove there's no such thing as hypnosis. So for me, I don't care if this thing exists or not. Personally, I think it's all bullshit. But the interesting thing is with this, when most people come to me with their problems, their problems are bullshit. And I don't mean that they're not feeling it. And I don't mean that I don't have some level of empathy, but it's stuff that they've been doing over and over in their head. And a lot of people. Self-sabotage. Yeah, self-sabotage. Yeah, self-sabotage. It's a bullshit behavior. It's like, and it's like Einstein said, sometimes illogical problems require illogical solutions. But how long do you have these people under whatever your spell? How long do you have them under your spell for? Yeah. Uh, Well, it's never under my spell. Because, like I say, they're already going to a hypnosis. So whether I was in front of someone or not, they're going to go into a state hypnosis. But if you're asking typically what a session is for me, right. a typical session will be um, an hour. And typically, uh, with the exceptions, I don't see somebody for more than three sessions because the work is done. And, and how I kind of define it, because a lot of my clients have been in counselling, right, or psychotherapy for years and years three times a week and they've been talking about it and sometimes they come into hypnosis think it's going to be them just re-narrating or retelling someone else the story and what I have to tell them very clearly up front is if that approach had worked for them telling their story over and over again of why they're broken not my words uh, a lot of my clients unfortunately when they first come in it just strengthens the neurological pathway in their brain so every time they say oh i'm depressed because i lost my job i lost my wife every time they tell the story the neurological pathway in their brain gets stronger and stronger and stronger and if it worked We'd have a problem. We'd tell our best friend, our partner, the counsellor, hey, this shit happened to me. And we'd blurt it all out. And then it would be gone. But it's not. You might feel a little bit of relief after that someone listened to you and didn't judge you. You don't think they judged you. However, next week rolls round. And guess what? If your problem was alcohol, you're probably still over drinking. If your problem was that your girlfriend left you, she probably still left you. Because oftentimes there's not strategies that that people are given in a lot of other therapies, at least unconscious, right? Because if it's conscious, 
it's, we self-sabotage. It's like conscious. Oh, I've got to do these 10 steps every day. Oh, no, I've got, I'm too busy to do all this. It needs to become unconscious, meaning they start to do the new behavior habitually without having to think about it. They're just doing it. So then one day, my greatest thing for my clients is, you know, one day after we're working together, they look back and they're like, holy shit, if that particular trigger had happened to me two weeks ago, I would have gone ape shit. I would have broke down. I would have cried. But it just happened. And I'm just neutral. Mm. It's not that it didn't happen, but I'm just, just neutral. It's not, it's not holding on to me five, ten minutes after said thing happened to them. That's unbelievably powerful. That's really fascinating. Um, so you get rid of the fear. You talk to the subconscious. You give them the software upgrade. And then they come out of the hypnosis, whatever you call it. And then you, how do you deal with the anxiety part? Yeah, I'll ask their unconscious mind, uh, is there a purpose? Is there a good purpose for them holding on to the anxiety? And oftentimes the unconscious, yeah, good purpose. Um, And often the unconscious will be like, no. Say this was no, right? Obviously, I'm not hypnotized now. I'm just showing you what it might look like. Right, Luke's using his hand movements. for Yes, I'm using my hands. But sometimes, and, and we've got Zoom now, so pretty much everything I do is over Zoom. But even if the camera cut out, uh, and I can only do audio with someone, then oftentimes I can ask the unconscious, hey, can you take control? Would it be okay for you to take control of Nate's voice box right now? And would it be okay for you to allow those words to come out? Now, you can allow Nate to hear those words with his conscious mind, but I want to make sure that Nate is out of the way so I'm speaking directly with you. Could you Could you do that? Oftentimes, the unconscious will say yes, so it could be words, it could be a movement, it could be a, a, a temperature thing. But I'll just basically ask, if, if the unconscious says there's no good good reason to have uh, anxiety, great. So so there's no reason for, for, for Nate, whomever, to continue to have the anxiety. So can you delete? Can you uh, put that program into quarantine? Can you nuke it? Can you get rid of it? Mm. And any positive benefits that nate was getting with said program and no matter how shitty the program is nate there's always an underlying positive benefit even if it doesn't make sense logically and if there is any positive benefits that nate was getting from the anxiety program can you find another way for those same needs to be met in a very positive only positive way could you do that the unconscious is either going to say yes, it's going to say no. If no, then i got to start using my hypnotherapy skills to start negotiating things in a different way. If it's yes, I'll just be like, great, uninstall it. Let me know when it's uninstalled. However, if we uninstall the program and there's nothing there, oftentimes the unconscious is like, holy shit, there's nothing there. What do I do? So I like to install a new program that will get their new goals then, so say their new goal, I'll keep going back to this one. Boy, guy, scared of the date tomorrow night. We've got rid of his fear from the past. We've got rid of his anxiety for tomorrow night's date. So he's good. But now we need a positive program to come in and take the place of the anxiety. So I might ask him when we begin, I'll take some notes. So when you go on a date, how would you like to be? How would you like to feel? Almost no one ever hears that question consciously and they'll what they'll hear instead is uh, what don't you want 
what don't you want and what you do want are two different things. So they'll be like, well, Luke, I don't, I don't want to like stumble over my words. Luke, I don't want to sweat profusely. Luke, I don't want to go red. Luke, I don't want to make an ass of myself. I'm like, that's great. But I don't want cancer. I don't want AIDS and I don't want COVID. But that has nothing <laughs> to do with what you do want. So what do you want? And, and they're like, oh, I never really thought about that. That's one of the problems, by the way. And I'm like, great. So now that you think about what you want, if we're like really upgrading your technology and your mind and body right now, what is it you want? They'll wait a little bit and their eyes will do uh, what we call a transcendental search. So what I'm doing is I'm just looking around like a crazy person in all the quadrants <laughs> right. of my eyes. And they'll come back and they'll like, I just want to be confident. I just want to feel calm. I just want to feel that even if we don't match me and my day, it's all right. There's, there's plenty more fish. I want the, the conversation to flow. I want yeah, there whatever to be no awkward. Right. And then I'll pepper in not what I think they should have. I'll pepper in what it is they requested into those suggestions or the formation of that new program. So when they come out of hypnosis, it's not like, oh, my, well, the anxiety's gone great. Oh, but shit, now I've got anxiety because my anxiety's gone. So what's going to take its place? Now the anxiety's gone. The fear's gone. It's like, oh, yeah, when I think about our date tomorrow, I'm really excited about it. She seemed like a really nice girl, intelligent, smart, pretty. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited about meeting someone new and just being open to whatever happens. That's fantastic. So you mentioned alcohol. Uh, we're getting close to finishing here, but you mentioned alcohol and I, uh, you, you help people in a lot of different with their ailments, whether it's weight loss, anxiety, uh, pain. And then you also, of course, with addiction, when it comes to smoking, alcohol, drugs, several uh, of those are your main uh, areas of focus. And we'll link your, your website, lukenosis.com here in the show notes. So, um, so Talk us about, I was looking at some of your stuff and obviously you have a lot of different approaches. After talking to you, this is clearly not a one size fits all campaign. I mean, everyone has their own, even if two people have the exact same issue, it sounds like depending on their, their genetic makeup, depending on their programming, you're going to have to do something different with each person. So um, talk to us a little bit though, about the alcohol one. I, I was looking at the guy doing that. You were doing the tapping with somebody. On yeah, your website. Okay. yeah. Yeah. What so, is that? Yeah, so uh, it's just another modality. Uh, it, it goes by many different names. Um, really, uh, it's meridian therapy. Now, here's the thing. A lot of this stuff I'll say, and I'm a very log logical guy, right? So I'll say it and I'll talk about energy and all this, and it sounds a bit airy-fairy. It sounds a bit bullshit. So when I hear myself saying these words, I'm like, but I don't care how something sounds. I don't care if something should work. I only care if it does work, hence why I put a little lot of videos out of there. But yeah, the meridian therapy or, or tapping therapy or EFT, emotional freedom technique, or thought field therapy goes by many different names. But but basically the belief is, and I like this, I do not know if this is true or not. However, I use this skill with almost everyone because there's there's nobody that I've ever met that couldn't benefit from learning this. So uh, if someone comes into me, they've got a problem usually you look at, oh, well, they've got a problem with the over-drinking, the over-emoting anger, whatever it is. I don't see someone as having a, a, that kind of problem. I just see someone as energy. And at some point, when they started to suffer because they were doing an addiction or something else, the energy couldn't flow through their body. There was a block. 
So what these tapping modalities do, and they basically come, if you trace it back far enough from um, Chinese medicine, is it starts to unblock meridians. So a bit like this, right? If your toilet is blocked, this is a disgusting metaphor, just to warn all your listeners right now and viewers. But if your toilet is blocked, right, you don't go like, ah, oh, shit, literally. My toilet's fucking shit. Let me bulldoze it and get another toilet. It's terrible. No, you probably try and flush it. You probably get a plunger in it and you unblock it. And then once you unblock it, you can flush it. Everything is working perfectly. So I kind of look at people like that. Not that they're a toilet, but that they're blocked. And whatever the problem is, they're over drinking. By the way, when any, when anyone ever comes to see me, the problem's never the problem. Drinking, drugging, whatever it is, anxiety, that's the symptom it's a real symptom that they're feeling and it's making them suffering. But if we just go after the symptom, i.e. I'm over drinking, it's a bit like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. So my job is to make them a more integrated system, mind and body. So wherever they're blocked, to allow them to become unblocked. And that tapping modality, as he taps his face right now, um, is a way very fast for people to, to start to feel some agency in their life. An example on how I'll use this client comes in Luke I feel really anxious when I'm thinking about again that date that speech that's coming up tomorrow I'll say hey as you think about that now you'll feel that now on the scale of zero to ten how strong is your urge to do that drug how urge, how strong is your anxiety whatever the problem is out of ten they say Luke it's a ten great and I'll get them just to tap and I'm tapping certain parts of my face solar plexus and my wrist right here and I'll do a round of that I'm I'll just come back and I'll be like, now, as you think about it, and they can still think about it, uh, where's that anxiety or that urge, that craving to drink, whatever? Now, where is that right now? And typically, most of the time, just doing that for the tapping process for about a minute or two, about 50 to 70 percent will be knocked out of it because they start to become unblocked. That's so what the, the tapping is doing. The tapping is unclogging yeah. the system. Basically, yeah, it's a bit like um, cleaning the cookies on your computer. Mm. Okay. Yeah, very, really interesting. Because, uh, well, at no. least the guy that you have on your site, he goes from, I'm having a 10 out of 10 craving, and two minutes later, he's down to a four. I know, I know. It's, it's you know, and it, that particular thing, there's, there's different um, algorithms of tapping patterns, but that's a mm. particularly good one, if memory serves me right, for dealing with cravings or, and I, I will put certain addictions under cravings as well, how the body is. But it's a really good way. In the moment, oh, my God, I can't do an hour session with Luke. I really have an urge to drink alcohol. Oh, let me do this tapping thing. And they can administer it like personal um, first aid, in the moment that they're feeling it and get resolution rather than sit back in a dark room and listen to my voice for an hour. And I know they need help now. An hour from now is too late. They need help now. And within about 90 seconds of doing something like that, they'll start to feel more flexible in their resilience of, uh, of dealing with said problem. I'm curious, do you ever carry the weight of some of your clients' burdens? Because you hear about psychologists all the time having to get their own psychologist after all these sessions and they need to unpack their own issues because of all the, the, the burden that they're carrying. Do you feel the same way? Good question. And the answer is I never thought I did, but then I realized I did. 
and not just with clients, just with energy and people. Like I can walk down the street and I'm doing, per I was doing perfectly happy. I'm, I'm nothing bad is happening in my life. And I'm just getting some groceries and someone walks past me. And it's a bit like that scene in one of my favorite movies, Unbreakable, where Bruce Willis just gets a flashback of this terrible crime. Now I'm not suggesting I'm psychic or anything, but I pick up energies on people. So I could be doing great. Didn't even have an interaction with this person but they've just got a shitty or a heavy energy and I'll go home and I'll just, I used to just feel, I feel bad. And I'll be like, but, but, but nothing's happened. No nasty emails, no tragedies in my own life. Like, why am, and I realized, cause I started to work with someone to work through some of my own stuff. It's like, Luke, you're picking up on people's energy all of the fucking time. You need to <laughs> do some work with that. So I do my own practices now to, to kind of, you know, metaphorically sage, myself because let's say i worked with a client and it was a typically difficult session if i and i've got another client directly after and i come in from that mindset i am doing my client a disservice i need to go into each session being like a an empty slate it doesn't matter what happened to me or the last session my, i owe it to my client to be there and be a hundred percent present so the answer is yes and I have to do sneaky little things to help myself to deal with it. I, I had a feeling. LukeGnosis.com, like I said, everybody, if you want to work with Luke or learn more about him, link them in the show notes. Last question for you. Um, anyone that's listening, who who is somebody that, that might need hypnosis, that might need your services, and how do they get a hold of you? Great question. So, so typically anyone that's um, at a place in their life now that they just don't feel they have control, they, they feel they've been suffering, whether that be through addiction, anxiety or trauma, perhaps they've tried other things before that hasn't worked. They feel stuck. They've tried other methods, perhaps even researching on their own, but they're still stuck and nothing's changing, but they're ready with the right help and guidance to let that go. Um, those are those are the, the best people. People like, shit, I've got a problem. I don't know how to deal with it. I've tried. I'm not dealing with it very well. I want things to happen fast as opposed to four years, three times a week. I'm okay with a guy with some colourful language and being very blunt and upfront working with me. And I'm ready to do something about it now. Those are the best people. Um, you can go over to my website, LukeGnosis.com. My name is Luke, Luke Michael Howard. Website and company is LukeGnosis, L-U-K-E-N-O-S-I-S.com. They can go on it. They can click the tab that says screening call, and they can book a one hour through with me on the telephone where I find out a little bit more about where they are. And, and I'll be honest, if I feel that I can help them help themselves going forward and then we basically go from there go to the website click beautiful. screening call, and we have a free chat for an hour beautiful luke gnosis overcoming addiction banishing anxiety and healing chronic pain i appreciate your time today my friend and continued success to you thank you buddy